0: Welcome to the Demand Gen Made Simple podcast. I'm your host, Janelle Amos, and in this podcast, we talk about all things, you guessed it, demand generation in a simplified way. We cover the basics of what demand generation is all the way through to how to get started and how to be successful when launching your demand generation framework. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's dive in. Today we are going to be talking about podcasting, which is a really big controversial topic in B2B marketing. And with me today, I have Cap Chatfield. He is the CEO of, is it Reveal Media? Did I say that right? Yes,
1: Reveal. Spelled kind of funky, but if, yeah, if it had an extra E in there, it would be pronounced Reveal Media.
0: Okay, fabulous. And you want to just give a quick insight on uh, what Reveal is?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So basically, Reveal Media is we, we create a suite of products for founders and CEOs to make content creation easy. Uh, as a founder of a company myself, I know how important content is for personal branding, but I got to run a business. So for me, creating content day to day, it becomes, uh, I think it should be enjoyable, but it's a lot less enjoyable when you're doing it yourself. So we're here to serve founders and CEOs with that. And our flagship product is what we call our show marketing model, which is what we're going to be talking about today.
0: Yeah, super excited. So let's take a few layers back and start from the top of what podcasting is, right? Like I mentioned, it's really controversial in the B2B world. So my first question is, I guess, let's go ahead and start from the top, right? Can you define what a podcast is and the importance behind it?
1: I think the the technical way to describe it is it's it's just a form, it's a medium of content creation and consumption uh, that's typically not video so that you're not watching it um, on your phone or on your computer sitting down, uh, attention totally captivated. Uh, It's also not written form. It's a conversation-based content platform where you can typically create long-form content and uh, consume it passively. I think that's what's really attractive about it for consumers. Now, from a B two B perspective, I would say that the podcast is the foundation. It will become the foundation for all of your content strategies as a business moving forward. So I look at it as like it is the most elegant, efficient, and effective way to go deep at scale with your content.
0: I love that you say that, and it's effective, efficient, and and content at scale with that said, why do you think it's so frowned upon then in the b2b world where's like the the misconception that falls behind that
1: well it's funny you say that because I'd like to kind of kick the ball back to you because for me I follow a lot more like demand gen marketers like yourself mm-hmm. and other b2B marketers um, who have a voice on LinkedIn and those are the types of people who are leveraging, content creation are typically leveraging even a podcast to do that. So I'd love to hear from you specifically, what are some of the controversies around podcasting that we can talk about?
0: So, I think those of us that are in favor of podcasts are with the lens of turning things back into a consumer, the way that a consumer buys and modeling kind of that B2C world, uh, as opposed to what a lot of B2B companies are doing. And with a lot of in house roles that I've held, as well as some of the clients that I work with, whenever I suggest the name podcasting or that we need to be doing a podcasting, they're like, oh, Yeah, but we have other things we need to focus on. It's one of those, yeah, but, yeah, but. And they don't see it as a priority. And they say, we need to do all these other things first. We need to be focusing on all these other things before we have the resources or the capabilities or the ideas or the want and the desire and whatever excuses that they put behind that. But I'm not really... I have yet to truly find an individual that's saying, we're so gung-ho with podcasting and we need help to get it started. That would be like an ideal conversation to have because they get demand gen. and I think yeah. demand gen is still a very new and upcoming topic and transformation that the B2B market is adopting, but it's way too new, I think, in my opinion, that B2B companies would then translate that mindset to a specific channel such as podcasting.
1: So I would say, as a as a business owner myself, and you you get this because you you're a consultant, you're running your own small practice, so you're in the trenches of executing work for your clients, but you're also thinking of organizationally. Um, you're thinking in a way that most marketers don't, because if you're a marketer inside of an organization, you have the luxury to have big hairy ideas, and you typically still have a salary. Uh, regardless of uh, how kooky some of your ideas may be. When you're running a business, the number one question that you're asking yourself is, what's going to be the ROI of this thing? Mm -hmm. And So I think that's where a lot of people get hung up with podcasting because people start, if you're in that C-suite level seat of the organization or you're a founder, you're asking the questions, well, do I listen to podcasts? Would my ideal audience listen to podcasts? Are podcasts just a trendy thing to do? What's going to be, how many downloads are we going to get? How can we track whether or not those downloads actually become a revenue? How long is that going to take? Do I even have something interesting to say? Am I even good on a microphone? Am I even good on camera? Who's going to host it? All these questions come to people's mind. It just sounds like, man, is it, it sounds cool and sexy, but how practical and functional is it?
0: Yep. That's exactly what I hear. Yep. Yep. So with that said, what's your... What's your advocate for why it's important? You know, you're I talking think, about. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think for me, it's so funny because these are the questions I, I have to try to answer on sales calls all the time. And people will come to me uh, who are like generally pretty qualified leads who will say, I'm interested enough in the idea to have the conversation. I need you to like really sell me on how this is going to work. And I even just finished a uh, a meeting with a client of mine today where we were going over like all these metrics for their company are going in the right direction which is amazing. Um and they and it's still like this educational thing for the for one of the guys uh in in that meeting who's the COO of the company. So he's naturally going to like nitpick things and like try to figure out well how is this what's the ROI of this? So it's great. I welcome the conversation. But he was asking like how effective is the podcast truly? We we got SEO going on, we got paid ads, we got emails, we got blogs, we got social media content, but how effective is the podcast? And I have to keep on reminding him, remember, we wouldn't have any of that other stuff if it wasn't for the podcast. The podcast allows us to create really meaningful, deep, expert content at scale. Because what we do is we allow you, Mr. COO, and you, Mr. CEO and president of the company to show up twice a month to go deep and very interesting topics for your ideal customer. And these are like high ticket, these are high ticket B2B solutions that they're selling. So you have to believe that a lot of decision makers are are looking at this content and asking themselves, do we want to spend six, nine, 12 months with this company? Right. And spend that much money. So what I keep on telling them is like the podcast. Yes. I would love, I would love like who wouldn't love to have thousands and thousands of downloads on the podcast. But what I'm more interested in personally is how are we leveraging that expertise in micro content on social media day to day? How are we leveraging that content in SEO rich blog posts on your website? How are we leveraging that content in a paid uh, in a paid media campaign where you actually are creating content that is. Meaningful to your audience instead of interrupting them throughout you know their scrolling or whatever, so and in that conversation, you could just see the light bulbs come on, like, oh yeah, the podcast is a means for us to extract all of this amazing content that we use for every single other channel. So for me, that's why I think i I would say I just put out a post about it today, I truly think that the video podcast specifically and I'm I'm very adamant, adamant about this versus audio only I believe that the video podcast is not going to be an accessory or a luxury for businesses in the future. it will be such a necessity that it will probably replace the blog because it becomes the blog it, it the blog is we see it all the time I mean you see you're a demand gen marketer so you get this. When people are looking for something on Google, especially like a very complex problem that they want a solution for, and they're typing in those questions in Google, you're typically going to get back keyword soup. You're not going to get a lot of depth because people are creating these blogs around optimizing for search rather than providing high level value. Value. But what I believe is you can get both. You can truly get both. But what you got to do is you have to set up the thought leader for success say, Hey, here's an SEO friendly topic that we want to cover. You, you rap about it for, for 20 to 40 minutes, maybe make it like a five to seven to 10 to 20 listicle or whatever of like the, the seven mistakes uh, you want to avoid when hiring for the skilled trades or whatever it's going to be. And then you optimize that for a blog. You see what I'm saying? So I know I'm getting pretty tactical here, but the point is, is that the video podcast allows What I, you know, what I would say is like the CEO, the founder, C-suite level people, the thought leaders of the organization to be the chief content creators of the organization and everyone in the company and outside the company gets better because of it.
0: Yeah, I love that. So just to summarize real quick, the importance of a podcast for all of my B2B marketing listeners is that it provides meaningful content at scale right? Mm -hmm. Which is what we need to be doing as marketers to capture the level of our audience. And we do that by using that as a basis piece of content and then distributing it and leveraging it throughout other channels. Um, And you mentioned that it could potentially replace a blog in the coming years. And I love that idea because not only does a podcast help, you know, get that those topics and that content out to your point, the chief content creators, but when you put it behind a video, like now you're being authentic, now you're personalizing, and you have the conversations of like, I feel like I know you, I feel like, you know, because you have that level of engagement and those conversations, and even though they're happening like behind a screen, there's still that level of like intimacy that you're having with your audience, which drives far more engagement following and kind of like the hoorah behind a personal brand or a company brand, when you have that level of connection and authenticity. So I would highlight that based on what you said for the, for the listeners on the importance of a podcast for B2B marketers.
1: Yeah. Uh, One, one, um, term that we've adopted from this guy named Jonathan Stark, he's a, he's truly a thought leader. I don't say that lightly in the world of, uh, consultant, you know, consultant billing. He's got this whole, mindset philosophy He wrote a book actually called ditching hourly and his his idea is like he's trying to rid the world of hourly billing and really move people into this place of value-based pricing which is just it's better for everybody in my opinion but we had him on our show a while ago and he was talking about the the concept of asymmetric intimacy which i love the idea i love the the terminology because really what that looks like is when you put yourself out there and you put your face and your voice, and let me just say this as well, your face is the most valuable brand asset that you have. It's more valuable than your logo. It's more valuable than your, your fonts, your colors, and all those things are great. I love good brand, don't, like don't get me wrong, but people connect with people. People buy from yep. people. People don't buy from a logo. And so when you when you put yourself out there, what happens is your, your ideal buyer actually begins to build relationship with you on their terms I which is such a cool concept like you put out the content they get to watch a video at their time at their pace in the comfort of their home in their pajamas whatever and over time they begin to feel like they know you so that when you get on the phone call with them when you're in the meeting with them there's they already feel warmed up to you because mm-hmm. they've already like they've already spent time with you so for me it's like To create content, particularly through a video podcast, it's like a huge relationship accelerator.
0: Yeah, so I love that we're getting super tactical and we're diving into all of this because it's super important, right? As we're trying to lead the motion of of B2B podcasting. And what I love about one of the things that you've done at Reveal Media is you've kind of redefined what a podcast is for marketers and you use a term called show marketing, right? Mm -hmm. And talk to me more about how that's different than just a traditional podcast.
1: You know, it's funny because I don't see much of a difference, but you're not the first person that's asked me that because I've had people say like, "Man, you you think about it like a show and not a podcast." And for me, I think this is maybe this is just it's easier for me to think this way because of my background, but Janelle, one thing that I really want the audience to understand about me personally is that I'm a filmmaker first and a marketer second. I went to the University of Miami for school. I got a film degree, uh, I'm a documentary director, a film director. Um, and that's my passion. I love, um, I love creating content that moves people. I'll even say like the, the, the time that, the moment when I realized I wanted to be a filmmaker, I created this short film at uh, this program at Boston University. I was doing the, this program while I was in high school. And I did this like this psych thriller short film uh, it was kind of like this, it was about this like stalker who's like following this young lady. It sounds creepy. It, it was creepy, but, <laughs> um, but it was, it was really fun to make. And so like he was, he was following her home from her first day at this new job or whatever. And uh, basically at the end of this program, we had all the students, all of their parents are in the auditor- auditorium and we're watching each other's work. And I remember like the last scene of this little short film it was like this this cliffhanger, this this jaw dropper, and everyone in the room gasped at the same time, and I could hear it, which was the coolest feeling ever. Was you had you had over a hundred people in this auditorium, and I realized like I was able to to provoke an emotional response with people through this work, and that just took me on this journey of the power, whether for good or for evil. Quite honestly the power of great storytelling. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about the show, this is how I want uh, my customers to be thinking about their content. We have a saying at our company, we say there's only two types of content on the internet. There's the content that you want to consume and there's the content that interrupts the content that you want to consume. One's an ad and one's a show. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to help our customers, quote unquote, skip ads And be the show to be the content that your customer is not trying to navigate around to get to the content they want to consume, but to be the content that they want to consume. And so, for me, you know, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a YouTube channel, whether it's a, whether you're just a great, very prolific writer and you do a lot of great tweets on Twitter or you write great blogs or email newsletters, the point isn't necessarily the medium, it's the mindset of we are creating episodic content we want our audience we want our buyers we're going to think of our buyers as an audience first and we want them to show up week to week and be excited for the next episode or we want an audience member to uh to jump in at season three episode two and be like this is amazing i need to go back and listen to every other episode because i don't i'm falling behind here And that I feel like that's, it's just a mindset shift. And when you think about marketing that way, what's amazing, there's two, there's two really amazing things that happen there. The first thing is that we've already talked about it is it scales your content output, right? If you're focusing on long form content and doing it rhythmically, even as little as biweekly or even monthly, you're setting yourself up for for success on all of your other micro or all your other channels by extracting content from that long form. But the other interesting thing, Janelle, that I think is super important for founders, for those who are running startups, who are like, man, especially in in your world, because you're in the SaaS world and and we're trying to move more into that world as well. People are creating products for solutions, for problems that they don't even have language for yet. So it's like, which is, it's such an interesting thing because what you have to do is you have to communicate to the market a narrative a story yep. that takes time that helps them see like oh my gosh i didn't realize it was so hard to like check my emails three times a day oh my gosh i didn't realize you know so on and so forth and so the show model what it does is it streamlines your narrative so that you don't so that you know you have to play the long game but what it does is it allows you to say hey every every week when we show up it might be a different topic but the core theme is the same and mm-hmm. we're moving towards this vision, towards this direction. And over time, over time, you start to see your market begin to use your language and, and, and realize like, man, I have this problem and I'm going to go to these people for the solution.
0: Yeah. So master storytelling, that's what you're telling people. Yes. And <laughs> yes. short, master storytelling. It's something that Correct. I've also uh, been proclaiming on LinkedIn as well, like, especially in demand got to know how to tell that story. You got to know why it matters, not only to your executives, to people who hold the power for your budget, but then also to your audience as well. So diving into, again, some of the more tactical stuff, because I'm loving this conversation. We talked about the importance of podcasting, um, you know, kind of the, the motion behind it telling a narrative and kind of streamlining that narrative. When it comes to actually creating content, what are the best types of content? How, do, how would somebody get started with creating a podcast? I think you also have a term that you use called like a content solar system. Can you Mm. walk me and the audience through that? Because that is really cool.
1: Yeah, I can. Uh, I can't take the credit for it, but uh, you know, great artists steal, right? So I got this Jonathan Stark, again, a guy I totally recommend you guys follow him, but he shared it. He probably got it from somebody else as well. Who knows? The content solar system is just a framework to help you think about what what are you going to talk about? I did a quick poll the other day, just asking Uh, founders, CEOs, salespeople, marketers, what's the most difficult part of the content creation process? And like the top two things were video editing, which makes sense, but also knowing what to talk about. I think a lot of people get hung up with, well, what's interesting? How do I make sure they don't get in the weeds? How do I make sure that can go niche enough so that I hit my audience, but I don't pigeonhole myself? This framework will help you out if you're in that place. So when you create that content solar system, the first thing you want to do is work on your sun. The sun is the center of the solar system. So with your sun, your sun is your big idea, your vision for your industry, for your market, for your product, for your customer, whatever it is. It's the thing, it's the overarching narrative that you want to be known for. It's like, hey, I'm coming in and I'm here. This is my big provocative statement about where we're going. Jonathan Starks, for example is he he wants to rid the world of, of hourly Billing. For me, mine would be a combination of I believe every founder and CEO uh, in the now and moving forward in the future must be the chief content creator of the organization. and this isn't a really new new idea, but I believe that every business should be a media company. So those are the types of that's kind of like my son for my solar system. Once you create that sun, you want to create three to nine planets, that revolve around that sun. And those planets are topics. So those topics, for for, for all intents and purposes, if I were to go down the, the path of how to be the chief content creator of the organization, one of my one of my planets, one of my topics would be how to monetize your content. Because if you're, if you are the founder, if you are the CEO, you want to make sure that your content is generating revenue, not hemorrhaging revenue, right? How to monetize your content. Another might be how to create, uh, how to pull together great ideas for content for your audience, right? How to repurpose your content, how to use content as a leadership tool and not just a marketing tool, so on and so forth, right? So you create three to nine. I wouldn't do less than three, and I wouldn't do more than nine. Three to nine just kind of makes sense to me. Um, and then here's what's really fun is you have your sun, your main topic, you have your planets, your the, the, or you have your core idea and then your topics, and then you have your moons. So for each of those planets, you could have moons that revolve around those planets and those moons might be subtopics like for the for the monetize your content how to monetize your content planet, a moon for that could be how to how to woo sponsors for your podcast or it could be how to effectively run ads on a blog or Uh, It could be how to collaborate with other content creators, so on and so forth, right? How to tastefully promote your products in your content. And so you see what I'm saying is now you can like create these little subtopics that are all relevant to your topics, which are relevant to your your core message. And you finish like doing this exercise, you could spend a whole day doing this exercise. And then what you discover when you have this piece of paper that maps out the solar system you have an absolute infinite goldmine of topics that you can cover. And all you got to th- ask yourself is maybe you, you see a video that inspires you, or you read an article or another post, or some idea comes to mind that you're thinking about. Just ask yourself, how can I tastefully fit this under one of these topics or subtopics? And you're set. You're good to go.
0: I love that. Um, I don't feel like that really needs a recap because you did really good at explaining that. So cool for, For the individuals who now understand the importance of a podcast and creating that show and the storytelling behind it, now they've mapped out their content solar system and they want to get started making a podcast. What's your number one advice for what to do and what's your number one advice for what to avoid?
1: Yeah, the first thing that I would say is, you know, production equipment, all that sort of stuff. It's easier than ever to just get started and and put the content out there. And I believe that production uh, quality matters to a certain degree, but there's a point of like diminishing returns. Like you, if you focus too much on content production and it doesn't actually allow you to put it out, that's a problem. But as far as getting started, just make sure you have a good enough mic so people can hear you. You're using good lighting and all that sort of stuff. And then after that, people are more interested in the substance and your ability to communicate an idea than the, you know, the glamour of really fancy equipment. So, just want to get that out of the way. That is not the most important thing to focus on. The most important thing to focus on is your strategy. And I break down strategy into three three specific things that you need to that you need to um, answer and have clearly li- laid out. I would say on a piece of paper, quite honestly. The first thing you need to ask yourself is what is the goal? What is the what is the objective of the show? And the reason why that's so important is because statistically speaking, Janelle, I think. A lot, most B2B podcasts fizzle out after the eighth episode, which you know this, you've been doing this for uh, a great amount of time. And I really want to commend you for sticking to it because it really does matter for your business and for your brand. But a lot of people get burnt out because they begin to ask themselves, what's this actually doing for my business? What's the, what's the benefit of this? And, and then what also happens is people get like, I would say a little bit too creative and a little bit too cute and clever. And they start trying to do all these ideas for their show, which are fun, but don't actually, they don't ask the question like, but does this contribute to the main goal that we had for the show? Quite honestly, those, those goals could be as simple as we just want to build brand awareness, right? We want to, uh, we want to increase impressions. We want to get known by some of the people in our industry. Some people are going to say, I want to do a show strictly to get an uninterrupted 60 minute video call with very interesting people in my industry, or some ideal buyers, right? That's legit. And I, I would actually recommend even doing a hybrid of some of those things, um, because it's such a great relationship building tool. But whatever it is, define what how, how will this be a win? And how will we measure that? Right? And just put some simple KPIs around that. And then I would say, give yourself like six to 12 months. Uh, we, we say at reveal media, that you want to think about your content creation in seasons. I don't know about you, Janelle, but one thing that's kind of paralyzed me from creating content is thinking, do I want to be known for this 12 years down the road? Is this the direction that I want to go in for the rest of my life? Who knows? Like, so, like, nobody knows what they want to do 12 years from now. And so, don't put that pressure on yourself. Think about it in seasons. Like, shows operate really well in seasons. And so, ask yourself, what If I were to create 12 to 13 episodes for a season of content, what would I feel good about for the next 12 to 13 episodes? And then once you come to the end of that season, ask yourself, do I want to re-up or do I want to land the plane and do a new show? I mean, we're about to do the same thing for our company right now. And so anyway, I'm kind of getting into the weeds, but the point is, is that decide what's going to be the goal and, and make that really crystal clear and know how you're going to measure success. The second thing you're going to need to do is you need to identify who that core audience is. And the same way that you would build a buyer persona for a sales process or a marketing strategy, ask yourself, who do we want this show to be for? What's their job title? What size company are they a part of? What industry are they in? Yada, yada, yada. Ask yourself, what do they want? What do they care about? And what stands in their way? I think those are the types of questions you can ask yourself that really help you understand how do we speak the language of the right person and how do we create content that's meaningful helps them overcome their problems, and moves them in the direction that they want to go in. And the third and final step is the premise, is the narrative of the show. And the narrative of the show, quite simply, is creating a premise that is interesting for that audience that moves them in the direction of your business objective. You're basically connecting the first and the second thing. Um, so if I could list out, let's just lay out practically what that looked like for us. We did a show called B2B Podcasting. Uh, We're about to land the plane of that show and start a new show this fall, which I'm really excited about. So our objective for that was we want to be known as the B2B Podcasting Company. And let me tell you, it's kind of worked. And, uh, you know, case in point, I'm on your show right now to talk about this. And we've only been really doing this since last October. Our ideal audience was founders and demand gen marketers. And we've discovered like, hey, the founder, they're trying to get their message out at scale. The demand gen marketer, they're trying to figure out how to do a podcast tactically so that it's attractive to, the, to their CEO. And so we know, okay, that's what they care about. And here's what we're trying to, we're trying to move uh, them in the direction of thinking of us in this way. Here's the narrative, you know, introducing B2B podcasting, a show by Reveal Media. So that's the simple framework. Those are the three things, objective, audience, and narrative.
0: Yep, so it's really important to do it in that order too because I have yes. a lot of conversations people are like, oh, let's do number three first. One, do they do the premise of what actually drives business results? Like you can't drive business results if you don't know who you're going after and don't know why you're going after them. So I'm going to emphasize not only those three items that Kat mentioned, but also in that specific order. The order
1: well. is so important. It's, that's really great, Janelle.
0: Absolutely. Um, so those are all the questions that I have for you today. Um, but I do, uh, before we wrap up, want to give you an opportunity to say any last closing thoughts and or where people can find you and get in touch with you.
1: Uh, last closing thoughts would be if you haven't already started, just do it. I think it's so important for people to get started. you'll you probably experienced this yourself. Um, it's a game of repetitions. You show up, you put out some really terrible content. What I tell people is try to put out the worst content possible. Just do it. Just put out the worst content just you could it. possibly do because when you do, you realize, that really wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. And people actually kind of liked it. And maybe I can do this next time to do it better. If you set the bar really low and just try to put it out there, you're setting yourself up for success to to iterate over time. As far as how people can uh, can follow me, follow me on LinkedIn. I'm trying to be as uh, laser focused in my social strategy right now. I'm just going all in on LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, But if you want to learn more about our business and how we might be able to serve you, As I mentioned, we provide a suite of products for founders who want to become the chief content creator of the organization. Everything from full service show marketing all the way down to, we'll just cut up micro videos for you to give you something to post day to day. You can visit our website, rvealreveal.media and you can learn more there.
0: Amazing. Thank you, Kev, so much for taking the time to chat with me about B2B podcasting.
1: You bet. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to the Demand Gen Made Simple podcast. If you found this episode valuable, please do not forget to subscribe. Thanks and see you next time.